Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to keep talking about making a Ditch Lilies game? Almost as much as I want to keep jamming on my 90s alt-rock female YouTube playlist. I mean, yes. Welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And last week, Todd asked us, so when are you going to start working on the Ditch Lilies RPG? Seriously, what games would you suggest for while playing a music band? And how would that differ between a one-shot and a campaign? Well, we sort of ditched the serious part of the question, didn't we? No, we're seriously making the Dislores RPG. I'm writing it. <laughs> I, I was writing the rules down the other night. No, like, but we're like, totally doing that. The seriously, like, the one-shot versus campaign part, we were like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, no, we explained that. Just play a, Rockalypse. That's a great question. But but instead, we're talking about writing the Ditch Lilies RPG. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so we started um, last week, we started talking about the design of the game. And we framed our discussion around Sorison's three questions. But we only have time to get through the first two questions. So uh, we're going to loop back around now and uh, do question number three. Yeah. So as a reminder, this is not our normal format for an episode. And next week, we are going to jump back into our normal GMing advice topics. Provided, but, we, provided we finish this topic today. But Phil, before we jump into the last question, can you recap for us the important parts of last week's episode? Sure. So uh, the the Ditch Lilies are the greatest all-girl 90s alt-rock band that you've never heard of, which is, um, just again, another disclaimer, not a real band. Right. Sometimes people get a little excited about that. Right. Just you, you haven't heard of them because we made them up. Correct. But we're designing a game where the Ditch Lilies travel from town to town solving problems with queer love and rock and roll. And uh, we started off by talking a bit about the mechanics and about the uh, ordered number engine that mm -hmm. Chris Nizak designed and how we're kind of mod modding a little bit of that. And basically in the, um, in the ordered number engine, you build up a dice pool mm -hmm. based on whether your, the things on your character sheet are relevant to what's going on in the situation. I don't want to go into it in too much detail, but you build up a dice pool, you roll dice. Six is a total success. A four and five is a success with complication. And a one through three is uh, not a success. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to uh, find your highest die, and then you build a numeric sequence off of that die. So say I roll a five, that's the highest die I've got out in my pool of dice, I would put that five, and then I would be looking for the four, the three, the two, and the one, as many of them as I could put in order. Right. Thus okay. the ordered number engine. Yeah, and so the more of them you put in order, like the more cool effects you get. Um, so even if I get a success with complication, if I have a five, four, three, right, I get the, the four, I get the four, the three as like bonus stuff and yeah. there's different ways to spend them and stuff like that. So we won't go into that uh, too much. We talked about some of the ways that the towns will have problems and that we're going to kind of borrow a little from Questlandia uh, and protocol in this. And then we're going to use some cards to kind of generate up the town's problems. Yeah. And then we talked about queer love um, in the context of like our character descriptions, their personalities and their role in the band, their kind of secondary traits are like their offstage personas, right? The idea of solo and then being in love or, or just broken up and duets. 
And then uh, lastly, we talked about rock and roll. Right. And the power of music. So we were talking about uh, how they can use specific, basically play songs to influence the people around them and solve the problems, right? Yep, absolutely. So that's that's pretty much our recap. The game is, you know, super early. So that's like almost most of the description of the game. Right. That's like where um, we are right now. <laughs> so uh, with that, let's jump back into the third of Jared's questions. Yeah. So that question is, how does your game encourage slash reward this? Right. So this being, um, going back to the first question, what's your game about? Which is the digitalies travel from town to town solving problems with queer love and rock and roll. Right. So how do we encourage or reward that? Yeah. So this is the one that's the least thought out. And it's been my experience in designing games. This is the one that, like, it's the piece that always comes like after the initial pieces fall in place, because I I think it helps to like kind of figure out like what the game's doing. Yeah. And then you can kind of look at the subsystems and be like, okay, how will that then like, how do we make that reward or encourage something? So yeah. How do you make a loop out of that? Yeah, exactly. How do you make a loop out? Like we got a thing, but how do we make it right? How do we make a loop in the game? Yeah. So the one that I think is the easiest, right, is that um, we know that our our town has problems. Yep. And the town, um, and this is a thing from the the ordered number engine, that um, you can represent problems with clocks. Yeah. And the way the clocks fill up is that every time players roll ones. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, the GM collects those ones uh, and fills in spots on the clock. No, oh, I like that. That's very defined. It's not loosey-goosey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not arbitrary. Like, it's based on the... Um, and I don't remember, to be honest, whether you have to fail the roll or if it's just at all the ones kind of edge things forward. But we'll... we'll that'll be a thing we will tweak yeah. as we get into deeper into the mechanics. But... What we do know is that these things will be clocks and they will fill up as you're playing, as you're making rolls. Right. So so they might be something, the, the, the idea of the problems would be something like the youth center is out of funds and is not going to be able to pay rent for their space, right? So if the clock fills up, then the youth center is evicted from that space. Yeah, and I think that is, I think that's pretty good encouragement, right? Like to right. do something. That's pretty good stakes. Yeah. So these so the clocks will be these things that the characters are working to halt, reverse or remove. Um which is going to be the driver for uh solving problems in the game. Yeah. Right? Cuz you want these clocks to stop or go away. Yeah. Which is cool, but that is the kind of encouragement that uses negative consequences. Yep. Right? So stop this clock or the youth Bad center things gets happen. Evicted. Yeah. Right. And and that's essentially a threat slash front mechanic, right? So if you're familiar with Powered by the Apocalypse, mm-hmm. Dungeon World, a few other places, that is a threat mechanic. I'm sorry. Also, if you played Blades in the Dark or any of the Blades game, a clock on the table that starts filling in for bad things to happen. Now, that is a perfectly valid way to create tension in the game. And I think you actually do need tension in the game, right? So oh, yeah. the ditch the ditch come to town and there's a problem looming on the horizon. There needs to be some impetus to take action and, and get it done, right? Because if it's right. just like, oh, you just have to come up with a solution before the session ends. Right. Like that's like, <laughs> right. Like it loses a little bit of the, 
um, drama. Stakes. Right? <laughs> stakes, exactly, right? Because our stakes are then much lower. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't have any problem with negative motivation, right? Because that's, you know, you're motivated by the negative consequences. And I think that is perfectly fine for that portion of the game. Right. Because that is the, that those, those are the problems, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the problem part of the game. So the part that we don't have worked out yet is how to reward things like queer love, which is where we would want to positively reward gameplay, right? In that we're supporting like you did, you played the game in in a positive way that we wanted you to. Therefore, here is a positive reward, right? So, uh, hey, you want to just maybe brainstorm this a bit? Yeah, I do. And I and for people who are listening, like this is like this is not <laughs> scripted. Like we literally don't have any ideas right now. There's a big thing in the notes. It says brainstorm in capital letters. Right, that's it. Like <laughs> that's literally, there's nothing thought out to this. So, um, so hopefully, this will be interesting as we kind of work through the problem. You get to just kind of see a little bit of how we address design issues as we kind of like kick things back and forth. So, um, first, we should probably unpack what we mean by queer love because if we're talking about the thing that we're going to positively reward, we need to kind of have a definition of what actions, what behaviors in the game do we want to positively reward. So that said. We needed something we could work with from a design perspective until we had time to basically get together with more queer people and talk with them about the concept and our definition of it, right? So for right now, we're not talking about physical love, although that's perfectly fine to use in this game, but it does you know, require consent and boundaries and discussions um, with your group so that everybody has shared expectations. And that can be part of the game as well, but... What we are focusing on in terms of this reward loop is the qualities that we think that make up the words queer love, which we're defining as inclusive, accepting, diverse, empathetic, caring. And so with that idea of queer love, how do we in the game, how do how can we reward times when the characters display these traits, right? Like, how do we make a positive loop? Because having the negative loop is good on one end, because that is what is pushing our characters towards solving problems. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to have the ditch lilies beating people up and rolling people in the streets and getting into bar fights and things like that. Yep. Because one of the things we don't want this game to be is to solve problems in kind of the traditional RPG way. Yeah, there's not. This is not a game about violence, right? So how do we um, how do we incentivize those kinds of things? So I'm, I would like us to try to stick to brainstorming the ideas of positive things. That is, like when you do when you do things this way, good things happen. Yeah, kind of things. Yeah, I mean, so the initial just knee-jerk reaction that I have and I immediately see where it's super mushy but I'm going to throw it out there as a starting point is the idea of something like a Benny or a fate point right in terms of a reward but I don't know then there's a whole other layer of like building that into like how you would functionally use those rewards right well so talking about the order number engine the way that we could do that and stay within the the boundaries of the game is that there is at all times during the game, there is a pool of dice right. that sit between the GM and the player. The players can draw those dice to make rolls. Like they can draw the dice 
to add to their pool when they're like when they're trying to make a roll. So if they're concerned that they're not going to have enough dice or they really want to make this roll, they can pull from that pool. And we're calling that pool right now the band pool. I think in in one, it's often referred to as the group pool, but we're starting to kind of um, we're kind of customizing starting to put, the language. Yeah, yeah, we're starting to customize the language. So the band pool is that thing that exists. So I I think that perhaps the um, perhaps one of the ways that we can kind of positively motivate this is that you can pull from the band pool when you are acting in you know these traits that we're defining as queer love right so when you're trying to solve a problem by being empathetic right right rather than so contrast this right like i i'm trying to solve a problem because I want to make a role because I want to listen to what 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 the um, I want to listen to what the mayor's saying and try to understand like the mayor's position right right so then like because I'm acting in an empathetic way I if I want to I can pull dice from the pool now maybe it's I can pull dice from the pool maybe it's I can pull two dice from the pool like I, we don't quite know what the the exact yeah that's um, that's, that's math stuff we'll have to like. That's, Right, exactly. That's massive. But contrast it to I'm Megan and I'm yelling at the mayor. Right. Like to get their shit together. Right. Right. Like I'm, but not like, like mean yelling, but I'm like, I'm being forceful and direct because I'm Megan. Right. Right. Really, Um, really honest. Like, do you know what will happen to this town if the youth center closes? Where will all the youths go? Right. And it'll be your fault that these kids will be out on the street. Exactly. With a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. So that is like a thing where that's a case where you wouldn't like be able to draw from the right because that wouldn't be engaging those specific things. Interesting. So and, and you could and you're and you're still allowed to like so you can still make the roll without pulling from the oh, pool, right? Because yeah. you can you can simply just be like I'm you know like no way I I you know I'm fired up I'm just going to tear into him I'll just use my dice that I have right. Actually, that's really good. I'm gonna just, <laughs> just write that down real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, see, people, that's exactly how this starts to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. So, here's how we got to that point, right? So, your initial idea of Benny. Right. Well, it um, was like, I know Benny is not quite right, but this is an easy example of a positive thing. Let's let's build off of it. Right. So, the thing that you had you had suggested was a. Um, was a narrative currency, yes. right? So you were you were suggesting a thing by which, by which people could get additional modifiers to their roles, right? Because Benny's allowed rerolls and things like that by rewarding good behavior. So all I did was within the confines of the one system was I kind of looked at the place where you can get extra help with a dice roll, which is the pool. And normally, in the uh, one system, you the pool just exists and you can take from it at any time. But I actually like the idea that the pool has, like, you can only get from the pool when you're acting in the right manner. So can I ask you a question about the pool? Because I have still not actually played one. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I'm working with a lot of, like, theoretical design stuff and no practical at all. So can the facilitator also pull from that pool? No. The pool exists. Yep. When players roll 
what we're calling chords, right? Sequences of numbers. Right. One of your options is to put a die in the band pool. Right. Like you can take one of your numbers from your sequence of numbers and be like, cool, I'm going to add one to the band pool. Right. Oh, okay. Wait. And then the other part then is then when you as the GM like make basically a hard move or something, right? Yes. You, put you, one have, to, you have to put one in the pool. Okay. So now, so there, they, they, there's a there's a secondary part where you could also build in a loop of like when you act in the correct manner, you know, somebody adds a die to the pool mechanically so that it's available, right? Where maybe it wouldn't be available before. Uh, I don't I don't possibly I don't have a feel for how big or small that pool tends to get in gameplay. Yeah. So I don't know how mechanically rewarding it would be to add an extra die to that pool. Yeah, I, I mean, we'd have to take a look um, about just pulling that, in dice from the outside well, as like, opposed to an, an economy, economy of thing. dice. Right, exactly. Yeah, but possible. Um, well, see, I don't I don't possible. think it would be from the outside. I would think it would be like me, GM, has a slightly bigger pool of dice in front of me so that I am also rewarding players by putting in dice to the center or something like that. Okay, leave all of that aside. Let's. No, it's okay. It's possible. So, all right. So, no, no. For people who've, um, what you call it? For people who've never seen us design before, right? So the part is, I'm mulling over. Like, like as soon as you say that, I, I'm like unfolding like larger ideas of like, well, like how will the GM know to do that? Is it arbitrary, right? Because one of those right. things that I don't dislike want it to be about arbitrary. right. One of the things I dislike about Benny's they're very arbitrary. Um, is they're very arbitrary. Whereas like if I'm saying in the scene that I want to pull from the pool, yeah. um, I have to kind of justify that like, no, no, I'm being accepting at this moment. Right. It like, still gets a little mushy sometimes. It'll always be mushy. But because, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I think like actually just for the sake of not taking over the rest of the episode, like that I think is a great place for us to start, right? Is that we could start... Um, we could start using the band pool as um, as a method for positively reinforcing, whether it's pulling dice from it, whether it's adding dice to it. And it also kind of thematically goes with the idea that the girls always do better when the band is harmonious. Yeah. Right? Because, again, the band is also a, an, an expression of their queer love. Yeah. Right? Um, so... So I like the idea that the band pool becomes kind of the center of um, the mecha- the positive mechanic. Are they are they are they harmony dice? Um, that is possible. Just... <laughs> they may be now. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. okay. Good. 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 Right, because this right is along. the thing where we're starting to th- like we're starting to now also at the same time explore putting musical themes over some of the mechanical names and things like that. Cool. All right. Um, Good. All right. I'm gonna just I'm gonna tie this brainstorming piece off. I okay. wanted to give people a taste of what it kind of looked like when we work together. Okay. Um, and uh, that was awesome because I literally had nothing, and now I'm having <laughs> like tons of ideas about building like what goes on with this pool, how do things go in, how do things come out, that kind of thing. Like looking at that flow in an economy. Yes. Cool. Good. All right. We have one more topic, right? Before right. we close We're going to do it real quick. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's talk about it. Cool. So the last thing we're going to talk about, it, it ties into the third question, right? For us. And there's a piece of that, which is that not every aspect of the game needs to reward you for doing things that support the game. 
Yeah. So what we're really talking about here are that games have certain conceits. Yes. Which we need to kind of define really quick, and then we can kind of talk about what it means in terms of the game. So a conceit, going with a full definition here, right? Full definition, Panda. Conceit often means an extended rhetorical device summed up in a short phrase that refers to a situation which either does not exist or exists rarely, but is needed for the plot. So, for instance, things like faster than light travel, superior alien science are kind of examples from science fiction. Um, Hard-boiled private gumshoe is an example, right, from detective stories. Mm -hmm. Um, For our discussion, uh, what we're talking about is things that um, we don't want to have to justify in the setting and situation of the game. And that there are things that the players have to accept about the game when they sit down and play it. And I'll just, if I can unpack it for a second, like when we play D&D, yeah. right? And if you've ever played D&D when you were younger, yeah. right? There's a thing where it's like, and it's an old trope because it's true and it's happened to lots of GMs, where the GM's like, I have prepared this dungeon. And the players are like, we do not want to go to the dungeon. We wish to go to the forest or the town or whatever. Yep. Right? Um, and then the GM has to like do extra, like either has to then improv everything else because the players have abandoned the dungeon or the GM has to like spend energy to get them into the dungeon. Yep. Whereas a conceit would be like you're in the dungeon. Right. You are playing this like, game to be in this right. dungeon. Exactly. So we're just going to start in the dungeon. We don't have to explain why you're here, how you got here, whatever. Right. You maybe it's in okay. your backstory, but like we're not going to play that part. We are assuming you're here exactly. for a reason. Right. So Good. So the reason that we do that, that we have conceits, are basically twofold. The first one is that we're looking um, to design a specific type of game, and the conceit makes it so that the players are not going to sit down at the table and then have a debate with you about doing those things. Yeah, right? so for instance, the the women travel from town to town. Yes. That's a conceit, conceit yeah. of the game. It's a band on tour. Right, like when you play the game... They enter a town at the start of the game, yep. and they leave a town at the end of the game. Yep, like that's, that's how that. it works, <laughs> <laughs> right? What's really good about that is that we do not have to have a discussion about why we're going to this town. Why can't we stay in one town? Why do we have to go on tour at all? Right? Like right. this isn't about like ditch lilies in the city. Right? No, no. And and by doing that, and by cutting out some of all that other stuff, we've also narrowed the space that we need to design into, right? So we don't have to make rules for like evolving the issues in the same town over and over. We don't have to come up with like a card way that like the same problem would evolve into a new problem or something because it doesn't matter. They're going to be in a new town with a new and different problem. Right. Money raised for the youth center. Awesome. Get a, problem get on solved. The, get, a, get in the van. Get on the bus. Off you go. And, uh, right. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. That's it right there. That's the conceit of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and we do this a lot, right? Because we tend to um, we tend to design very uh, narrowly focused games. Yes. Right. So we use a lot of conceits to to shrink that play space because it's a thing that we're looking for, right? We're 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 not looking for a game about playing a group of '90s alt rock band members, right? 
No. Right? Because that literally could have just been the game, right? Like you're right, just but a if, ditch lilies. If we wanted like, to do that, we could have played a number of other games that already have musical stuff, including Rockalypse, right? Like, Yeah, we, we wanted to do something very specific. Right. And so when you want to do something very specific, you have to start building in conceits because otherwise you have to start, you waste too much time justifying the situation. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, because of that, we uh, don't have to actually work too hard to make up reasons for certain parts of the game, such as some of the things we've already talked about, right? Right. Like, we we don't we don't have to be like, this is why you, as the Ditch Lilies, must tour from town to town. No, the conceit is that you are traveling t- from town to town. Like, yep. why do you want to help people? That's who they are. The conceit is that that's who they are. Why are they in love with each other? Because that's who they are. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, they just are. We don't, yeah, we don't like. We don't have to make optional rules. Like, if you're in love, like, right. no, or, roll two dice. The two highest dice, you're in love. Right. Like, if you're not in love, if you don't feel like being in love, like, no, that's not the that's not the game. Yeah, it's it's so. And because of that, the thing I'll say is like, one, we don't have to have those explanations, which is great. Yes. We don't have to convince players that they have to want to do this, right? Like the act of signing up for this game, the act of picking up and playing this game basically says on the first level of consent that you are consenting to this design. Yeah. Like that you are interested in playing with these conceits. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's really helpful for us because it makes our games kind of really easy to explain to people. Right. Right. Like that one line, what's this game about is very clear yeah <laughs> it's got some of the conceits in it like bam Built done right, right in there it. exactly there we go all right so cool yeah well so we've got some next steps right so we're gonna be getting some simple rules together to get something that can be play tested because we're not quite in the play testing phase yet yeah i'm actually starting i took um i took chris's notes for his original notes document for the um one system yeah and I've started slowly hacking it into notes for Ditch Lilies by just kind of going through the parts he has and like ripping out pieces or changing them to our terminology or the mechanics we've added. It's it's a little, it's not well, the document's not that big. It's taking a little time to crunch through it, and there's more stuff we have to add. Like there isn't a thing in there for the band actions. Like we have yeah. I, ideas I for that, and some of that is wholesale. Yeah. Right. And, and then there's the town problem thing, which is a complete yep. build from scratch. Yep. That's that's going to be all new. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, we're getting through that. And again, our intention is to get this thing uh, to Metatopia. Yeah. It'll be exciting. Like we <laughs> we want to play it at Metatopia yes. with people. Yeah. It's going to so. be great. Okay. Cool. All right. So um, when we move from Jared's questions and get into rule design, it is definitely time for us uh, to end the show. Very much so. <laughs> um, so before we do, send to tell us about another show on the Mistractor Mark Network. Yeah. On Zhang Who Hustle, you can train alongside fellow students Eric Farmer and Eli Kurtz. Eli and Eric make their kung fu stronger by watching wuxia films, then discussing how to apply their observations to game design. Mm-hmm. Now, normally we would jump... Right. Normally we jump right into the closing, but we do have a announcement. As many people know, the IGDN, in cooperation with Double Exposure, sponsors a scholarship to enable diverse game designers to attend Metatopia, which is the basically the convention of designers and playtesting your games and stuff, right? We've, we've gone for the past couple of years. Super amazing. useful. Yeah. Yeah. Work. Okay. Work, but amazing. Yeah. Yep. So again, IGDN. 
and Double Exposure have put together a sponsorship to get some diverse game designers to attend Metatopia. The scholarship covers travel, lodging, and, and a conference badge so that designers from underrepresented backgrounds can show off their games and make connections with industry professionals. Uh, and to that, uh, in support of that, Gnome Stew, Encoded Designs, and Misdirected Mark Productions, together a collective we, le- we sometimes internally call GEM, mm-hmm. are very excited to announce a fund-matching drive for the 2019 IDGN Metatopia Scholarship. We will match donations made to the sponsorship's fundraiser up to a total of $250. You just have to let us know when you donate. Uh, And not only will your donations uh, have double the impact for the scholarship fund, but you will also get some cool rewards. Take a screenshot or otherwise document your donation and email the image as a link or an attachment to contact at misdirectedmark.com with the subject 2019 Metatopia Sponsorship Fund Matching with your name. Donations of $5 or more made on July 29th, 2019 and after are eligible for the fund matching drive until the total of matched funds reaches $250. All donations eligible for matching entitle the donor to a 10% discount coupon for digital copies of the hit engine publishing titles Masks, 1,000 memorable NPCs for any role-playing game, and Eureka, 501 Adventure Plots to Inspire Game Masters. And the match donor with the highest amount donated will receive a free digital copy of any one book of the Encoded Designs catalog, including engine publishing titles. And all of those prizes will be awarded via email after the drive has completed. And that was a lot of information. So if you need to see it all in one place, just check out misdirectedmark.com. Um, we have all of this written down in a page where you can just refer to it handily instead of trying to rewind and get all of this stuff again. TLDR. Support the uh, Metatopia sponsorship, get cool discounts, and if you're the biggest donor, you can uh, pick a book. Pick a book. Out of the Encoded Library. Yep. Which includes right? Engine Publishing. Yeah. There you go. I said the Encoded Library. I know. I was just, <laughs> I was re-emphasizing it. All righty. Say, Senda, where do people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You can find us in the misdirected mark forums which are live so you should probably go sign up and check those out that's the url it is forums.misdirectedmark.com but there is also a link from the misdirectedmark.com website and you can also send us an email panda at misdirectedmark.com and once they have that information phil what can they do with it Please, please, please leave us topics for the show. We love to do shows about topics that you find most interesting. This one was a little bit of a aberration, but it did actually start. It started. It started as a it question. It actually started with a question to us. So we have actually stuck to it. So yeah, please leave us topics. We love doing them. Don't worry about how the topic's going to fit into the show. That's my job. I'll make it fit. Sometimes it turns but into y- this. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it turns into this. Sometimes you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. So anyway, please send us your topics. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Your patronage helps to uh, keep the show going uh, for equipment and hosting and all of that stuff. And for it, 
Um, not only do you keep your favorite uh, podcasts on the air, but you also get access to the bonus outtakes from this show, the after show from Misdirected Mark, our pre-production show notes, access to our Slack room. If you want to come hang out and play Minecraft with us, that's a thing you can do. Until Tony um, crashes the server again. Tsk, tsk, Tony. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, lots of other things. And honestly, um, also, one, we tend to pull playtesters out of our patron group. Yep. Um, when we're looking for playtesters, and uh, sometimes patrons just get publications, yeah. like little th- as we're publishing things. Sometimes all patrons suddenly get them. Sometimes, if it's bigger, like higher level patrons, whatever. But there's goodies. Goodies come down. Like we rain down goodies upon uh, upon our patrons. Yeah, like Turning Point, the quick start. Yeah, like it, all patrons walked out with that one. Yep, it's true. Yeah. There's another thing we like to do. We like to shout out to patrons each week, and we have three such patrons we want to shout out to. It's true. Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies. Nice. Thank you so much, Andrew. (laughs) The Old School DM, thank you so much. And David Walker, thank you so much. Indeed, indeed. If you are already supporting the Patreon or unable to support the Patreon campaign, which is perfectly fine, uh, there's another thing you can do that helps us immensely in terms of uh, having other people find us and gives us a little touch of artistic validation, which makes our hearts oh ever so warm. What is that thing? You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show, which is super duper great. Because we love that. Because then also people ask us new questions and stuff, which is super duper exciting. And also, yeah, they definitely warm the cuckolds of my heart. Do they warm your cuckolds? Mm, sub-cuckold region. Sub-cuckold region. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much to everyone who has already left a review. We really do appreciate them. Say, Phil, what other rewards are we going to put in this game? Yeah. Um... I don't know. I'm still kind of really focused on the... This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. I have waveforms, you have waveforms, we you can't have even see waveforms, them. who can ask for anything more? <laughs> I see you have new headphones. I That's why I'm singing tonight, because my ear, my ear hole no longer hurts for having to keep that stupid ass uh, headphone in. I do. I bought myself a ridiculously expensive $9 pair of skull candy (laughs) headphones. Very sophisticated. Um, (laughs) So fancy. They're very fancy. Um, (laughs) Wire bud brain. Um, And it's great. And, And they were $9. And I bought them on Amazon with prime shipping. Like... I, I bought them on a Wednesday and had them on a Friday, right? And it's the first time I'm getting to use them. So I'll get to use them Magic. on... Uh, I'll get to use them on uh, Misdirected Mark. I'm sure I'll talk about them on Misdirected Mark, too. Yes, yeah, tomorrow. I hated Good. those earbuds. Anyway. <laughs> That's going to be your one thing tomorrow. You're going to be like, I have new headphones. Right, but uh, so again, right? So here's the ridiculous part about like having been poor, right? Is that I kept those headphones. Oh, yeah. Like I tucked I them mean, in a drawer, like in case something happens... The- 
The backup backup. I mean, I still have the pair that I just replaced that only the right earbud works on. Right. Yeah, I had I threw those but I'm like, oh, I threw those away like my like two headphones ago headphones right. I, yeah. Right. Yes. Bloop. Right. Anyway, we Good. should probably we mosey should really into the show. We should record now. I'm going to cut some of that out. <laughs> there you go. Good. You going to meow? Meow. Meow. Bloop. Cue music. I know I just did that way ahead of you. It was, we no, just, it's we didn't fine. I was actually cue. going slow. I was we going didn't slow. cue it. <laughs> you cued Two, it. three, four. Do, there you go. Yeah. God, I'm going to sneeze. I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun to edit later. Made on July 29th. Uh, made by? Yeah. Okay. Donations of $5 or more made by July 29th. That doesn't make sense. No, no. That's today. It's on. It's, it's on. It's on. It's only today? Oh, no, and after. silly. Keep reading. So. <clears throat> yeah, on the dice and the and the pool. I think that, I really think that's like the sweet spot. Like, I think that's where we're going. Show me what you dice. Show me what you dice. Yeah. Show me what you dice. <laughs> Show, Show me, me what you do. Uh, eyes. Yeah. Bloop. Ooh, 45 on the money. I know. It's going to take a while to edit, though. <laughs> There's some goofy bits. We should really try and keep them to 40 if we can. You're making it tighter and tighter. You I know. give me credit for 45. I am giving you credit for 45, but if we kept it to 40... Well, we had to put the whole scholarship. Thing oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I this one I knew I, when I saw it. I was like, yeah, with the scholarship stuff in it, it was going to be, and I was like, that's fine. Okay, well, we should say goodbye. Okay, then. okay, bye. Goodbye. Also, it's like just about one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>